In the last 10 years, our field has gone from an unknown specialty to a household name. This brings unprecedented opportunities, but we need to rise up to meet them and give our patients the care that they deserve. In order to help others get better, we need to be better. This podcast will help you to become more confident with your patients, more successful in your practice or business, and a leader in pelvic health. And we're going to have some fun along the way. Join us as we rise together. We're Jesse and Nicole Cozine, founders of Pelvic Sanity Physical Therapy and the creators of the Pelvic PT Huddle. And this is Pelvic PT Rising. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Pelvic PT Rising podcast with Jesse and Nicole Cozine. I am so excited to have Kyle Hartman on with us. We are going to be talking to you about business stuff, clinical stuff. Kyle is the founder of Monterey Pelvic Health. She's a member of the Pelvic PT Rising family, and I am just so excited to be talking to you. Thanks so much for coming on. Hi, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Cool. So give me like the little bit of the background on why physical therapy? How'd you fall into pelvic health? Like, What was your path to where you are right now? It was a windy path for sure. I am that typical jock that got injured and went to PT and just like fell in love with the process and thought it was super cool. I always like, I think this happened when I was like 15. So it was kind of like a one track mind just going into PT, but within PT, I like for sure thought I was going to go into sports and like work with volleyball athletes as that's what I played and then got into PT school and kind of was going more the pediatric route. Actually, my first job out of school was in pediatrics, but it was when working at the pediatric job, I was actually working with a lot of the moms and like talking to the moms of these little kids. I used to work with little kids that had orthopedic injuries after birth and had the birth trauma. And then the moms would kind of disclose to me some of the trauma that they had from the birth as well. And was like, oh, okay, well, like, let me see if there's any resources in the community. And there really weren't a lot at the time, like one or two therapists, maybe. And so I was like, huh, okay, I don't know where to send you. And one of my girlfriends, who's also a pelvic PT in town, was like, do you want to go to like a Herman and Wallace course? And said, yeah, doesn't necessarily apply to my population right now, but it is an interest of mine. And then uh, when I went to that Herman and Wallace pelvic floor one course, it was like, it was amazing. I felt like superwoman, like leaving that weekend and was just like, yeah, this is for sure what I was supposed to do. And then started like developing my pelvic floor program at that um, place. And then decided that I wanted to open up my own. And so now Monterey pelvic health just opened up its first and well, first clinic in May and yeah, it's been awesome. That's so cool. I love hearing a little bit about that light bulb moment of Herman Wallace where, man, I'd love that you describe it that way. I felt like Superwoman. Like it is, it's nuts that you guys, I sometimes still get just in awe of what pelvic floor PTs can do, like all the different things. It's kind of crazy. It's, and there's such hugely important, like life-changing things. And it's like, oh yeah, we can help with that too. It's like, what? That's crazy. Yeah. It's super cool. And I think you think like, you're only working on one body part, right? Like it's just the pelvis and like, you're, are you just going to be like this one thing? And it's like, there's so much 
we can treat that's not even just of the pelvis, right? Like, yes, they might be coming in for pelvic related conditions, but then it's like, oh, well, like, let's look at your spine or let's look at your knees and like, let's look at all this other stuff that can be contributing to this. And so it's not like I'm just like an expert at one body part, (laughs) but really like taking everything into account for this particular concern. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to go back to your, you were one of, you took the essentials from Nicole, like really early on, right? Were you? I'm an OG. (laughs) Actually in that like first one where she actually taught everything live in the Facebook group and. Yes. Yeah. I was, I was in that essentials group. That was right when I think it was sometime after taking the Herman and Wallace. And I was like, this is for sure what I want to do. But because I was in a pediatric spot at the time, I was like, I knew I had to develop this whole program and I wasn't going to have mentorship and things like that. And so I was like, I was really craving for more mentorship, more, not just like skills, but like, and this is what I know Nicole preaches so much about like communication and how to kind of like organize my thoughts and to be able to clinically reason specifically for pelvic floor concerns. And so that essentials course, like I think was a big driver for my confidence to start Monterey pelvic health. Truthfully. God, I love hearing that. That's so kind of cool now that we've been doing stuff for a while. And, and there's a couple of you guys, I think who are in that very first essentials thing weren't really thinking about doing their own business or at least not anytime soon. And now all of a sudden, a couple of years later, like we're doing business coaching and like watching you grow <laughs> like your own business. That's just, it's so much fun for us to like watch the progression for you guys too. So talk to me a little bit about what pushed you to start Monterey Pelvic Health. What was the real driver for that for you? A lot of things. I think the thing that really has always been center for me was serving the community and having a clinic and having a resource that's like solely towards pelvic conditions, I thought would be really valuable for Monterey as there really wasn't anything like that here before. And it, I just really felt very strongly that this community needed more education in pelvic floor health, needed some empowerment in their healthcare and needed more providers that were going to take the time to listen to their story. And so it was that kind of driving force that led me to open this up. That is so cool. Now, when you were doing this and you were relatively new to Monterey as a town, right? When you did this, first of all, I love people like you who just have the courage to like decide where they want to be. And Monterey, for those of you guys who don't know, is like an amazing Northern California coastal town great wine tasting. We're going to have to sneak up there here sometime (laughs) soon as a business expense to go and (laughs) make sure to see you guys. But what was it that drew you to Monterey and then made you feel like, hey, this is the place that I want to like put down my roots and be a part of the community? Because you obviously, you obviously are. Yeah. So we were up in, we were up in the Bay Area before my husband and I, he's a PT as well, went to school up in Samuel Merritt at Oakland And when we were going through our final like rotations and stuff, I was staying up in the Bay area with the anticipation that I was going to find, like, I think my last residency was, or not residency, sorry, rotation was at a sports med pediatric clinic up in Walnut Creek. And I was like, oh, this is kind of my jam. This is kind of fun. Like working with kids and being like with athletes again. But my husband was at the VA in Monterey and because of just like 
California state law and like practice and stuff, we technically aren't able to do dry needling, but with the VA, it's more federal. So he was able to learn some of the dry needling stuff. And so that's what kind of intrigued him. And he was kind of saying, Hey, I think you're going to like Monterey. We're both um, beach volleyball players too. And so getting to be at the beach a little bit more, seeing the water, being out in the sun, that kind of drove us. And honestly, like we love the Bay Area. We miss San Francisco a lot, but we were kind of ready to slow down a little. (laughs) There's a little bit of like hustle and bustle. And I was tired of like spending an hour, like looking for parking. (laughs) So Monterey was a really nice kind of slower pace, but and a way for us to both grow our practices a lot faster than I think either of us intended. So we're really happy here. That's awesome. And so you in May, I mean, presumably a little bit before you're thinking about doing it, but you open up in May, like, what was that experience? Like, were you scared? Were you, did you know that this was going to be successful? Like, where was your confidence level at when you open the doors and are like, okay, actually we're doing the thing. Yeah. I still look back on one of our coaching calls. I think I was with you, I maybe like four to six weeks before we were opening. And I was just like, I think it's this like a fear of the unknown be like, just ready to like, just take that next leap. And like feeling like I was in this like transition phase and was just ready to be like there. But I was lucky that I was able to kind of take small leaps and this one felt like the biggest leap. <laughs> and so, it, yeah, it was, it was super scary, but also I think having you guys and having a group of people in the rising group just helped improve my confidence of like, yes, I can do this. Like other people are doing this and I don't feel so alone in that. And I, at least like I had, if something were to happen, which hasn't, but if it were, I would have people to kind of lean back on if, and help me like troubleshoot through stuff. So I felt really confident despite being like scared and anxious. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it is scary. I mean, you're, you are taking a leap, like you were saying, and it, it is, I feel like people underestimate like how lonely it kind of is at times being a business owner and wondering like, am I the only person who's getting all these cancellations right now? Am I the only person who's got yelled at for charging a late cancellation fee? Can I actually even do that? Like there's just so many like little questions and you, I don't know if it's the same for you, but when you're starting off, you're just wondering like, Hey, how am I doing? Like, is this even, am I growing the way I should be? Am I missing anything that's big? And that's one of the things that's just so fun about that group. It gives us so much energy. And I love seeing everybody interact in there because you can see that, you know, this is not just something that works in New York or Texas or Florida. It's like, cool, this is happening everywhere and in every different patient population. And there's ways to be successful in any place working with any group. And it's, it's so fun to be able to actually see that in real time with you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I love what you said too, about like, it's almost like you're not having like a barometer of success. Like you don't know like where that is. And like, there's this delayed sense of gratification. And I was an athlete. I played volleyball, like you, you get a kill, you get a point, you get that instant gratification. You do well on a test, you get an A, like you get this like instant gratification all the time. And then going into business where it's like, you put in all of this work and you don't see the investment until a little bit later. And it's like, did I make the right decision? Am I doing the right thing? I don't know. And it's not until later where you're like, oh yeah, that was the best decision I could have ever made. 
but yeah, there's a lot of anxiety in there. So it's nice to have the messaging, like a little group on Facebook and like you guys to lean back on to help me kind of reinforce the decisions that I've made and will continue to make. Yeah. When you were, I feel like you had a really interesting journey too, because you were at that point where I think you were probably ready to make that leap before you even realized that you were, where you were, you know, you were still splitting time. It was still technically a side gig. And can you just talk to us a little bit about like what your mentality was when you were finally making the decision of like, Hey, this is, I'm throwing away the security blanket and we're going like all in. And I know how hard that is for a lot of people. Like what was your thought process around that? Yeah. My husband and I talked about waiting until it's a problem and like just kind of waiting until the next problem came up. And for me, like the problem was the pandemic at first. I wanted to still feel like I was progressing in my career and caring for the community, but everything kind of stopped still. And so, and I have this insatiable need for progress. (laughs) And so that eight weeks where it was like, okay, everything's kind of stuck. I was like, I need to keep moving forward. And so that was kind of what helped me like at least take the next steps to figure out like what this could look like. And then I got really lucky and and found a spot to, to practice on the weekend. And this was kind of like me, like dipping a toe in the pool of, can this be a thing? And it was starting to get to a point where I was like, I, I can't work six days a week. I'm getting really full on Saturdays. I need something more. I need to do something else. That was the big decision maker for me to, to eventually quit my job and to do this full time. And then that turned into like working two days a week and then part-time for my husband, which was a whole nother, it's a whole nother podcast, right? <laughs> which you guys have done successfully. And we're still, we were still trying to figure that out. <laughs> um, you can be the boss when we're within these four walls, but the moment <laughs> we get in that car on the way home, it's like, this is not, the dynamic is totally different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. And so then I was working two days for myself, two days for, my husband. And then that was getting too full, had to get a second location temporarily to fill the gap. And then it finally got to the point where I was like, this doesn't make sense. I need my own space. I want to be working five days a week and seeing patients like on my schedule and not just when there's availability and I'm growing a lot faster than I'm anticipating. And so it was kind of just waiting until like we had to cross that bridge. And then we had, and then then we made that decision and it's like those, those problems came a lot faster than any of us really anticipated. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't it interesting? It sometimes feels, especially early on in those stages, like you have almost a completely different business, like every three months. Yeah, (laughs) totally. That's a really great way to put it. And it was, I had to like kind of buckle down as like everything was spinning and try to keep my head on straight, which again, like, and I, I feel like I'm like trying to pitch your guys' business program, but I honestly, I don't know how I would have gone through that whole season without some guidance. It was almost like I could see you being like, I see like your hair is like upside down spinning, like you're in the middle of a tornado and you're like, just focus on this one thing for six weeks. 
And that was so grounding and it helped me stay like future focused and not getting caught up in the storm. And it, it was just fabulous. And now I can finally confidently say that I'm in that happy as a little clam stage. Yes, <laughs> I love hearing that and, and that you're deliberately in that and that you're, I feel like done an amazing job of crafting it to be what you want to be. We always talk about making sure the business is working for you and not you working for the business. And it seems like, at least from you know our 10,000 foot view, like you've done an amazing job of that. Can you talk a little bit about like, just in terms of happiness level, like where are you at now versus when you were working for somebody else? And, and what does life as a business owner even look like now? Yeah, I think especially at the beginning, it was a lot of grit and I had to work very hard working six days a week, probably working upwards of like 60 plus hours a week. And so there was definitely like an investment of my time to where I can afford to use that time for more self-care practices now. For instance, especially kind of earlier on in the summer, I got to play beach volleyball in the mornings, three days a week. I had weekends again and I've recently taken some more time to like train and exercise and like kind of feel my inner athlete again, which I really felt separated from both when I was in PT school. And then when I was working for someone else, I always joke that in PT school, I felt guilty for exercising because I had to study exercising. (laughs) It developed really like bad habits and, and unhealthy habits I had to break. And so this finally gave me the time to set better boundaries for myself so that I can take care of myself. Eventually that I can take care of the community better. And so it, it feels nice to have my cup filled a little bit more so I can actually provide that to Monterey. Yeah. You know, the two times I always think about in kind of your progression, like two of the times that I was most happy with just hearing stuff from you and kind of seeing how you were progressing and growing as a business owner. One was, I think we were on a call when it was kind of like that realization that the only thing that was holding you back, and this was, I think when you were still working half one place and then half doing your own thing. And that almost that realization where you said, it's like, oh, the only thing that's holding me back is time now. And I can grow this. If like that moment, I was so excited because I knew you were just going to take off as soon as you actually had that. And then when I heard you were playing beach volleyball again, which was like awesome just to hear like, cause that again, it, it doesn't mean anything like all the business success in the world doesn't mean anything if it's not translating to like personal success and making you happier and more fulfilled than everything else. So I don't know. I was just, it was so cool for us to like see that progression for you as you were growing. It's really neat to see. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been really happy with the balance that I've been able to achieve with this, which PTs are so prone to burnout and almost serving so much that they become like a servant. Does that make sense? And it's like all they do, right? Where it's such a hard, it's like an emotional, you're not treating somebody's big toe. No. Yeah. And you like, you dive in and are like super invested in this person's like intimate health. And so you can kind of lose yourself at times. And so it's been nice to at least like have the time to be able to dedicate fully, like all of my awareness and attention to these patients and then be able to step back and then do the same and just for myself. Yeah. Well, 
I always want to give because public PTs, I feel like in general, have a hard time bragging on themselves. So I'm going to do a little bit for you. I mean, you put in like the work. Um, and for anybody who thinks that doing this is easy, I, I will refer you to Kyle <laughs> because you were really grinding and putting in the hours into your business that you needed to be successful while still working for somebody else and making sure that you could make that leap with as little risk as possible. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of times people think about, oh, entrepreneurs, they have to be like so ready to take risk and all these. And a lot of times the best people are doing exactly what you are is you're dipping a toe in. Oh, cool. That worked. That felt pretty good. Like, can I add a couple extra hours or a couple extra days to that? Awesome. And then eventually there is that point where you do have to go all in, but you hedged your bets throughout that whole thing. And I want people to realize that it's not always all or nothing. It's not that you have to quit your job and the next day start your practice. Like you are a perfect example of somebody who just grew that. And it's like, okay, cool. I'm going to open up Saturdays and see what happens. Boom. Saturday's filled. Cool. Now I'm going to open up two more days, see what happens. Boom. Those filled. And now I'm so excited to see all the success you're having now because it's because of all of that work that you put in and all that prep work you did. And I know how hard that was when you were <laughs> pulling your hair, hair out and burning the midnight oil. So congratulations on all of that. What is something that you're like randomly good at as a business owner now that you were, would have been always like, ah, you know, I'm not really a numbers person or I'm not really good at selling anything or what's something that you're just like, oh yeah, like, man, I figured the heck out of that. I can say that I've like gotten surprisingly better at things. I have a hard time saying like, yeah, I'm good at that. I mean, you, like you said earlier, like we have a hard time bragging on ourselves, Yeah. but one thing I'll say that I was surprised that I am enjoying. I don't know how good I am at it yet, but is like managing the finance stuff. I, maybe it's like my, my, my dad's a finance guy and kind of an econ dork. And so he like loves that stuff. And maybe that's part of his like influence on me, but I, I find that stuff just really fascinating. And it's almost like I, I'm enjoying the personal and the professional finance side of things. Just like seeing what is going to be the best for, for me and yeah. And just kind of the making the right moves on that end. But who's to say if I'm like, actually doing good at it. <laughs> oh, I think you're actually doing good at college. I love, <laughs> I love hearing that. You know how much I love nerding out on that stuff, but it matters. And, and so many of us have money hangups in some, some form or fashion where we don't like talking about money. We don't like, we're worried about telling our prices to patients, we're worried about talking to people about how we're investing our money, what our profitability is. Like Those are all things that we have to get really comfortable talking about. And that's one of the things I love about our group actually is that we're able, we're all in the same boat. We can all talk about money together. And we do a lot. I mean, it's a topic that comes up and it's something you don't always feel comfortable talking about with your friends or with, you know, maybe your parents. I don't know, but it's like everybody in the group just gets it. And we can talk about like, Hey, what are we doing with this? What are we doing to prepare for taxes? What are we doing about investing and all of the things that we should be thinking about, we have to be thinking about in order to make our business work for us. Yeah. And I think that that transparency is really important for us all to grow together. Like if we're not talking about it, then if I'm not asking those questions, there's probably someone else who has a similar question. And if someone feels comfortable talking about that stuff, it's going to lead to more people feeling comfortable talking about it. And it's not a part of the practice that, that needs to be ignored. It needs to be a huge part of the practice. So yeah, yeah. Well, it's, 
and I love pelvic PTs because you guys can talk about like vaginas and vulvas and penises all day. <laughs> but the moment we start talking about like exchange traded funds and investing, it's like, oh my God, <laughs> right? It's like, oh, that's the taboo to- topic we can't talk about. Huh. Uh, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> so, I just love that we really can just be like transparency is a, a word I love in that group. And it's grown into something that... It has taken on a life of its own. And we thought when we started it, it was going to be really neat for you guys to be able to interact and see what everybody was doing. But it's it's gone so much beyond that. And and it's we're just so proud to see how you guys are growing and progressing. And you definitely deserve all of the success that Monterey Public Health has had and is going to continue to have in the future. So really excited for all of that. I want to kind of wrap up. I really appreciate your time that you've given us. Any last words, any advice to anybody out there? Anything that you, this is kind of your time, um, throwing it out there. What do you got? Trouble. <laughs> Gosh, I mean, for anyone who is like on the fence of starting their own practice or even just diving into pelvic health, just take a course. Even if you like, if you have a MedBridge, like online course, just start learning and start seeing what can work. You don't, like you said, Jesse, you don't have to go all in on day one. You can start with these like little bites and see what works well for you, but also like listen to your community. What does your community need? And how can you use your expertise and your knowledge to serve the community in a unique way? Awesome. Well, I'm so excited to hear that you are certainly doing that up in Monterey. We will have all of your contact information down in the show notes, guys. So if you want to reach out to Kyle, I definitely would encourage you to follow her on Instagram. But there is uh, so really grateful for you to just stop by, talk with us about this stuff. I think it's going to give some people some confidence in maybe doing things that they might not have hearing your story like that. So just really excited about that. One of the just funny things, too, about being in our mentorship group and doing all this stuff on Zoom, I never realized that you're like tall. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because I everyone we all just assume like we're all these like disembodied heads and shoulders on our calls. And then it's like, oh yeah, you're like a beach volleyball player. Like <laughs> I don't know why that's so surprising, but I guess we just always assume everybody else is like the exact median height or something when <laughs> you see them on camera. I, I can't wait for us all like pandemic to be over and us all to get together and actually get to meet you guys all in person. It's gonna be fun. Oh, that's gonna be awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Kyle, for being on. Guys, if you have any questions about this episode, do reach out. Let us know. We always want to keep this conversation going and let's continue to rise.